0: Hi guys, welcome uh welcome to the World to Rates Podcast, episode fifteen. That's the big scary. one five. That's a bit scary actually. That's just hit me. Yeah. Fifteen. That's quite a lot of, of episodes. We did
1: start in January, I think, didn't we? We did, we did. Yeah. It's
0: it's it's been wild, but um yeah, also just before I get into it, I'd like to thank Our new subscribers on YouTube. Oh yeah! For taking us over the fifty subscriber mark. One of the genuinely. Oh, I love that.
1: It's so frustrating. Like we were, wasn't it? Forty-eight for like.
0: We were at forty-nine at one point, and then I don't know if I told you about this because I didn't. I I was, I was like, it it made me feel sad when I saw it. It dropped by a couple.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think you did mention yeah.
0: And I was like. We've gone from for, from 40, 47 and I was like, I don't know how to, to mention this because this is not what I wanted to happen.
1: We've this... put people off.
0: Yeah, I was like, this is the opposite thing. But we're now, we, we've made it over the 50 threshold, which makes me very happy. So thank you to everyone for sticking with us. Thank you for hanging around, even though we are possibly one of the least consistent um,
1: podcasts.
0: Um but you know, I'm glad that you're sticking with us and that you still want to listen. So, thumbs up to yes. you. We love you.
1: Thank you. We love you.
0: Um, obviously because it's one of our like multiple of five episodes. I never knew yeah. How to I was call gonna it.
1: yeah. One of our fifths. Um... One of our fifths. It's one of
0: our fifths. Welcome. Okay. Um, it's yeah. We're on our fifteenth, and so it's going to be one of our more kind of serious, down to earth, like look at something episodes and today we're looking at racism and sexism in the music industry. It's yeah. something that we we've been wanting to do for a while actually like probably it was
1: one of our first ideas I think for yeah.
0: like
1: I guess that's the thing we had lots of ideas for what we should do for the major topic mm. episodes. Um sometimes we're like not sure about what to do for the lighter-hearted stuff, but we've always got ideas what to do for the major topic ones. Yeah. But it's just... If we did a major topic every week, we wouldn't be able to research it properly and no. give you, like, confident responses and stuff like that. So I think it is good that we're, we're doing that every now and again instead for of sure, all sure, I mean, think
0: when we're just chatting shit, I'm happy to just sit there and chat shit. You know, like, yeah. I'm happy to do it and not, not worry too much because I'm not trying to be... I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be funny more than anything. But when we do an episode like this, I am motivated by trying to... I think we want to do something good with it. I think there has to... Yeah. We want there to be a point to what we're doing. Um. You know, I want there to be something good that comes out of it. I think the last two that we've done, we did um, mental health for the first one and yep. um, what it's like to be a woman in 2021 for the second one. um, And both of those have gone down really well i've had some really lovely things back um to people who have listened thank you for, if you have listened um yes i think it's been really useful for us to learn from each other and i think it's been it's been really good so yeah we don't like to do we doing them every five gives us a chance to properly understand what we're going to talk about and hopefully do it justice because if you're not doing it justice then is disappointing yeah
1: and it can be quite emotionally like draining not you know not that that's a bad thing but it can be quite hard. Oh, uh, like I know with the mental health one we even though we're quite open with each other and open with our close friends it is another thing even though you know we're not we're not talking to the to the thousands but um it's still the idea that it is there for anyone to see, employers,
0: anything. It's making it's ourselves quite... vulnerable, isn't it? It's
1: Yeah, and it is something that needs to happen. And we were quite, like, we are really happy because we had quite a few people come back to us and and share their experiences with us. And I, I found that really sweet. It was such
0: a privilege. It was such a privilege. And it was great. So, yeah, I think we had a really good response. And so this one, yeah, we had the idea a while back. Um and it kind of so Kat did a piece of work uh, about racism and sexism in the music industry. Um really interesting piece of work which we'll we'll talk about during during this episode. Um uh and it it really was um for me, because I, I remember you talking to me as you were writing it and asking me questions and things. Um yeah. it was really it opened your eyes a bit to understanding that I mean we're discussing it because we feel there's a problem.
1: Of course. Like, I think when you see the numbers as well, you can't deny that there's a problem.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We're discussing it because we feel that there is a problem and, there, you know, it's there. So that's, you know, it's just to get that out of the way at the beginning. You know, we're not going to say everything's fine. We don't feel everything is fine. Um Cat did great research, brought together loads of data on it um, and, and talked a bit about it. So it's been really... Eye opening, and there's been other developments uh, recently, and also just in the last few years that really shine a light on on the industry. And I, you know, it's an industry that, that you know, you know, Cat wants to is is going to go into the music industry. Yeah. And I, you know, I love music. It's not a surprise. And I love music. I mean, look, I've got guitars on the wall. I've got a cello out of sight. I. I love making music, listening to music, all of that. Um, and so it, it matters to me that that industry is somewhere which is is a good place, it's a positive place, is a place where these kind of barriers don't really exist. And so the fact that it does means that I think there should be something done to
1: We We to need to be that. the people, yeah, to, to work on that and improve it. And I think that's the role of our generation is we're... When, when we die, we're we're not going to leave the world as an equal place. Oh my God! No. I, I think I think we've sort of accepted that, but our role can be key to making sure that our kids or our kids' kids have a either a more equal world or an equal world. Yeah. The ultimate goal.
0: I think generally, like. And it goes wider briefly, but, you know, the the process of gaining equality through history is a long process, like generations and generations of slow changes. It's just the kind of the battle we face. Um, And so the point we're at now is possibly one of the best points we've been at so far. But the key word is so far, I don't think you can stop because it's better because. There are still things that aren't right, so I I would, I see what we're doing is just part of that part of the tiny like, torch carrying journey, of like yeah. trying to make an ounce of difference and then passing that torch on so someone else can keep going and keep going and keep going.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, should we start with where... your um your essay? Yeah, go. Like I mean, I obviously. You've, you've read the whole thing now because I think before I'd given you like the paragraph specifically on racism
0: yeah.
1: um, just to make sure that I wasn't being ignorant and that was the thing, submitting this essay for me I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't being ignorant and obviously like it's, <laughs> my peers are all white people like it's a bit <laughs> hard to gain a bit more perspective so I was like, yep. Chris, <laughs> need you. I need you right now. It's, honestly, um, I think
0: we had some great conversations. Um,
1: oh, because of it, yeah, it definitely. I one of the things with this essay is I didn't really think about racism as um, like different types of racism, like mm. racism towards Asian people as a as a separate thing. Like for me, racism was just a blanket term i didn't yeah and that was one of the things that educated me about different types of racism um sorry i'm being like am i probably being a bit vague if people obviously haven't read the essay Um, no
0: but i I think it's a point that's valid for for everything generally is that we i think when you just say the word racism in and of itself it's it's very broad (laughs) like it encompasses a lot of things and i think that there are there are people out there who who don't know how to deal with that they get a bit put off by it, and they're like oh it's just too big isn't it it's too big to handle but you know the overarching issue is it contains a lot of smaller things like you say the issue of of the racism directed towards Asians and I mean outside of the music world that's a really big issue at the moment especially since Covid um there's been a massive increase in hate crimes towards Asian people in in the UK and across the world um
1: yeah yes Yes, for sure. Um, should I say with the th- th- why I wrote the essay? Yeah, it would be really good. Um, so I was doing a film music module. So I'm doing my masters in music at the moment, and I did this back in no October, November, I think I was writing it, and obviously with the Black Lives Matter protest and everything was going on, um, and I just sort of was, like, I don't want to write about film music. I want to write about racism and sexism. Like, I I want to actually achieve something with this project. I don't want it to just be something that's forgotten about. I want to actually take the opportunity, whilst I'm in education, I'm in that, like, great spot where I can educate myself about problems whilst actually getting like work submitted as well so it just really appealed to me and um so i decided to look at film music awards um and what composers were winning these awards in the last 5 years and like unsurprisingly although i was actually shocked with some of the numbers but it, it completely dominated by white middle-aged men like not like not even close um, I'll have to find the statistic of what number it was. I think it was like 80% or something. Awful. I have something
0: written down here from it. I have. So you said that. Um, and the data back this up. It wasn't just cats saying it. This was reflected in the data. Um, yeah. So three out of the 50 composers for the six film awards you looked at between 2014 and 2019 were women. Yeah. Um, and one of those women was Lady Gaga. Um, yeah. So she was like the kind of outlier I suppose in there and that she clearly had previous fame brought with her and she had
1: she had more like the.
0: not to more put Lady to Gaga offer. down but you know she obviously no. has like, I think what's the word A pulling power kind of thing I think is yes. what you kind of mentioned the fact that having her name on the film would bring in people who like Lady Gaga because oh hey it's, exactly. it's Lady Gaga it's, you know it's something I want to watch um and the same thing when it went over to people of colour. Um
1: yeah, with only Will, 10% uh, of them were, were people
0: of colours. And one of the uh one of the black composers nominated was Frell Williams. Again, it's the same kind of thing of it's like Yes, he is good at what he does. I'm not taking away from Oh that. yeah, brilliant. But again, it's the <laughs> pulling power that could have like it it, it it changes the the conversation somewhat. And you know, the facts that there were no women of color. You point to that as well, oh which my was the God. most shocking thing of all. I was like, "Hang Honestly. on!" So there were fifty people. These were from six different awards. So Cat looks so at the Academy Awards, the Golden Globes, the Baftas, the Saturn Awards, the LA Film Critics Association, and the Critics Choice Award. So six different awards from 2014 to 2019. No women of color whatsoever, and I, you know, like I refuse to 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 believe that there are no women of color composers out there,
1: it, yeah, it all it it's it's awful. Like fifty composers, and you're telling me, out of these fifty, there is not one, per like female of color who is is celebrated in those awards. It's just, and you think a lot of these people actually win multiple awards so and the other thing that grates me is like i i looked at some of um like uh women of color i looked at like the awards they had won and they were all um Women of Colour Awards, like, they were all specific, like, for that specific thing to promote and celebrate instead of being these well-known awards, which just really didn't sit right with me. It was like, yes, you've done an amazing thing by winning this award, but... Um, ..just... ..just winning an award for being a female is it's not the same as winning an award for being a brilliant composer, because it's just... It's almost taking away something from it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't like... No, I, I I'm fully guessing. Guess actively... It's something
0: that I, I think about a lot. Um, because there will be people out there who are going, oh, so, you know, we should just be giving awards to women of colour because they're women of colour. No, that's not what we're saying hmm. at all. It's the fact that these are the, the nominations. These are being at the start line. Not even at the end point. This is the yeah. start point, okay? There are they're not even making it to that point. And when you start understanding the reasons why that is, it opens up a whole new kind of issue, especially... So, I think I was kind of aware of it before, but didn't really put two and two together, of the the fact that when you look at a film, it's often the same kinds of names that you see popping up time and time and time again. Um, Hans Zimmer is a really good example of a name which you see on (laughs) virtually... Like, everyone understands that, oh yes, Hans Zimmer's back again, alright, great, okay. And, you know, good though he may be, It we know that it's going to be good. We're, we're expecting it's going to be good if it has Hans Zimmer on it. And I think that yeah. from a film director's perspective, it's a safe bet. I think that's what you, you mentioned in your essay as well, is a kind of thing... Of course, it They is know bet. it will succeed, so... Yeah, you know, why, why, why? And there's so much money
1: risk? behind Handsome. It's not. It's not yes. just one person. It's a company of people.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean,
1: it's a bit different with John Williams, but with um with Handsome, it is like a company of people who are working mm. to. You are guaranteed success by sticking that name on a. Mm. On a film, it's just.
0: Yeah, it's like a a badge of of quality, I guess. Almost, a bit but the different. risk. Do you then have is that you don't allow new people to show show their skill because
1: of course how can
0: you compete with that how can you know let's say let's say that I was trying to break into that how can Chris Payne compete with Hans Zimmer?
1: There's and no like, way. I think I, no I put on this the statistics. It was like um, John Williams had won twenty awards before, like before winning this, like the, the award in the last five years he'd already won 20 awards yeah so like yes we we've we've established john, john williams he's probably got them in his bathroom by now all these awards like
0: john williams is probably using them as doorstops and paperweights
1: he knows he's good and like it's great to celebrate good music and john i love john williams of course but...
0: his stuff is iconic we know it we we, we, we enjoy it of course. But I'm sure
1: do. he, like he himself, is probably like, oh, I don't need another award. Give it to somebody else who, like, could do with the attention, who could do with the support. Um, I did wanna. I sent you some links earlier, actually. You did. You did. Um, because I did wanna, even though this is gonna be a sort of rant, talk about the injustice and the inequalities. It, it we do want it to be a a positive, like, yeah, of
0: course, of course,
1: thing. So, um. I sent Chris a link to the PRS Foundation, which has um, money designated like to give to people who are um, non-binary, uh, transgender, or female who are trying to make it in the music industry. There's different categories um, for like classical music or pop music, hip hop, etc. Um, so like if you are, um, one of those people and trying to make it it is obviously a good idea to have a look at what resources are available to help you. And there is another company called Girl Gang or Girls Gang. Girl Gang. Girl Gang, yeah. Um, and they've, they've also got a a list of, um, part, not partnerships, um, support to,
0: what do you call it? they've got um ally organizations ally
1: that's it ally organizations as well listed down on their site but they are more of a like a celebrating um female non-binary transgender people's music so you can um submit your music to their playlist and they'll promote you instead of it being like a, a financial sum they're just looking to support you in any way
0: yeah this is not a small thing and I think it shows that it's generally understood that we need to do more. Um, it we're not. It, me and Kat are not saying this from a, a kind of position of why is no one talking about this. It's understood that there is this problem of 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 sexism and and racism in the music industry. It's well understood. Um, and what isn't quite, it understood so much is what's going to happen to change that. Um. Yeah. So what I really like about um the PRS Foundation and Girl Gang Music is the fact that they um it's it's actually a a deliberate step a deliberate action to try and change things which is really good really positive
1: yeah I like I think along with what you're saying is a lot of people understand there's an issue but they don't know how like what to do about it how to how they can improve the situation and I think it's particularly hard for people who are in the minority like to, like what to do because you feel bad and you want to be able to improve the situation you just don't know how and there is no clear route of how we're going to get through this and I think one of the big things that I've learned is that there's a lack of um, influencers in the sense mm. that, um, how many female music producers can you name? Like, how many? And even if someone. can't in name h- one. And sound engineers as well. Like, I pu- I think I wrote down in my notes that I think it's Beth O'Leary. Or uh, is it Beth O'Leary? Said um, she was working with Kylie Minot's. Um, like live production team, and she's a sound engineer, and she was a roadie for that team, and she said that they were one of the more inclusive teams, and still there was only three women out of forty one um, people on the on the team, mm. and it's just like, okay, well, how do we how do we get women involved then, like how how do we improve this so that we do have a more equal platform? Like yeah. it's it's overwhelming, I think. And I think the bit that is talking about it, that's going to be the real
0: killer, isn't it? I think once you understand it, you can't ignore it. No. Once you talk about it and understand it, how can you in any good conscience just let that continue? So, um, Leanne Pinnock from uh, Little Mix. I don't know if you saw. Oh, yeah. She did a yeah, documentary yeah. this week. Um, I think it was called Race, Pop and Power, I want to say.
1: Oh, I saw a clip of her... Saying what she was called in a um, at school and and horrible stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it, it's you know it's it's actually the second member of Little. I mean, whatever you think of Little Mix, I I feel like that's a group that is and they're using their platform for really good things. So Jesse Nelson, yeah, talked about mental health before and 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 kind of body image issues, which is really yeah, useful. And and, fact and this time round. And... Leanne has come in to talk about um, about race, which is really useful and it there's a lot there's a number of really interesting things in there. Um, I and mean, it, it will it, I promise it links into what you're saying. Um, but there was something about say she spoke to Alexandra Burke. Um, oh yeah, you know I think we all know her who apparently was told early on that she was too dark to be um. in the industry. God. And that she should try and bleach her skin to make it lighter so that she could succeed. Um, and apparently, Leanne was told by Frank Gatson, who is now Beyonce's creative director, that as the mm. black girl, Leanne would have to work ten times harder than the other okay. members because of the colour of her skin. And there's lots of talk about, about this issue of colourism um, and and having lighter skin. So... yeah. Those individuals of colour who have lighter skin are seen as it it's almost like they are more accepted by individuals who might prejudice prejudiced towards people who are darker skinned. It's like, oh yeah. you're like, you know, you're lighter skinned. Um and in India as well, it's a really like being lighter skinned. I know in Indian culture or in parts of Indian culture, um, it's seen as preferable to have lighter skin. Um, and in, in parts of Africa as well, actually. And so there's a lot of, like, skin lightening creams, which have the potential oh to be really damaging. But it's because being lighter skin is seen as being more beautiful. Um, and so, you know, that's clearly not right. That's clearly not okay. And that shouldn't be... You shouldn't... The facts that people believe that it, in order to be successful, they should have lighter skin is a really horrible, toxic thing to have developed. And I... So it's really interesting she discussed that. But one of the things that I kind of wrote down a few times was that so she's she mentions that her father, when she spoke to her father about making the documentary, his first thought was toughen up, get yourself together, don't moan about it. And I think it's often seen as a there's a feeling of not rocking the boat, you know? Yeah. Like almost this idea that she is successful. Leanne is part of Little Mix, and Little Mix are again, whatever you think, a very successful group, doing incredibly well. And it's like, don't don't mess with it. You know, like you're succeeding, so just 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 ride that wave. Just be happy that you've got somewhere. You um, don't want
1: to be the first person to put your hand up, sort yeah. of thing.
0: And it's like, don't 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 do it. Don't don't make things wrong. Just quietly push on through. And I like that, that clearly didn't stop her from continuing to make this thing and, and shine a light on it, because, you know, you can't. I think if you just go, oh, it, it, you know, it's okay. We're a little bit better than we were, and you think that's a stopping place, then nothing ever gets solved. The problem still exists. Of it was. This I, I was telling you about lines that my sister said, and um, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he said it's a bit like saying, this wall has the least shit on it, but it's still got shit on it, you know? Like, like if you've got shit on a wall, a little bit of shit on the wall is still not good enough. It shouldn't be there. And likewise, you know, I don't think that we should be patting ourselves on the back that black women and black men and people of colour are in the music industry. (laughs) That's not enough. It's not enough that they just happen to be there it's yeah. that there are barriers which prevent it being easy for them to be there in the same way and barriers that prevent it being as straightforward for other people to follow them there's there's so many different barriers there um so it was really interesting that one of the things that came up at me was yeah just the notion of we're we're not that bad we're not that racist um
1: Gosh.
0: And it, it was another thing. Sorry, I'm just it's almost rambling, but no, I promise no, no, you that no, within it. what I'm saying, there is like logical things. I don't know if you remember last year at the, the Brit Awards, um, Dave, the rapper, um sang his song Black. Um right. really good song, really good song. Um incredible. Um, and he added an extra verse for his live performance that okay. was really there were a lot of complaints about it because um let me let me read it to you and let's be oh, yeah, clear I here say... i am not gonna do this justice um
1: <laughs> you're gonna start rapping for me <laughs> i will not
0: but um i would
1: love that <laughs> so this is the, this is the
0: last verse. it's not in the actual single but then he he included it the brits um it is racist whether or not it feels racist the truth is our prime minister is a real racist they say you should be grateful we're the least racist i say the least racist is still racist and if somebody hasn't said it, equality is right. E- equality is a right, it doesn't deserve credit. Now if you don't want it, then you're never gonna get it. If you don't want to get it, you're never gonna get it. How the news treats Kate versus how they treated Megan. Um now look you can dive into so many layers wow. there. But I really <laughs> like that line. They say you should be the grateful with the least racist. I say the least yeah. racist is still racist. And it's that same thing that my sister's saying, you know, this wall has the least shit on it, but it's still got the shit on it. Like it's not enough to be less racist
1: i I think like or less sexist, from, yeah, of I mean of course, um with the racism side, I think um i I mean you'd probably agree with me, but the it's it's the idea that if you've said or done something that is racist, you are inherently a bad person, yes, and it's like. I know that I have, like, said and done things that were racist um, in the past uh, because of ignorance, because of not being educated. And I don't think that... As has
0: everyone. I don't believe there's a single person in the world who hasn't said something problematic.
1: And I think, yeah, I just think it means... It doesn't mean I'm a... It means that I'm a bad person if I never... Like, if I ignored the signs and just, like, let it... Go on, um but I I think that the fact that, like I'm trying to educate myself, it means that yeah I I have done racist things I have said racist things, but I'm not a bad person because I'm trying to do better. That's still not like you know it, at times it can still not be enough, but I'm hopefully getting to a, a better place. Oh of course, it. and
0: let let me be clear on this. What I'm not saying is that you know, I'm not saying cat you are a terrible person because you're not 100% anti-racist, like, you know, like, because you have potentially said things in the past that are problematic. I'm not yeah. going to denounce you forever and say you're the trash human being because we'd have to condemn everyone for that. That's ridiculous. It The difference is it's mistakes versus the kind of continued ingrained behaviour, right? So everyone will say things at times which are problematic. The difference is how you yeah. react to it. Because you have effectively two choices. You can double down and make it seem like you're the innocent person. And and that everything is against you and that it's just wokeness. And it's, you know, you know why can't you say that anymore? Or you can be constructive about it and actually try and understand what it is. And, and, and do your part to change that. Now, in my mind... You, and a lot of people that I know, are in that group. In the group that are, when When they are called out or anything like that, that um, it, it, you won't... Your immediate response is not just going to be, well, it's be not defensive. my fault. I'm, you know, like, you're the problem, not me. You would try to understand what it was that was hurtful or problematic and do yeah. something about it. That's good. That is good. Don't get me wrong. Progress is good. And, you know, from my side... <laughs> I you know I've never heard you say anything that I I consider to be racist um which is not saying that you you haven't done it but I'm that, just saying but I've never heard that But that's
1: the thing I think for me I had the attitude that because I had like black friends or friends Your of best color friend like, was black. Exactly I couldn't <laughs> be racist and that, and that's why like and that's that probably caused me to be sort of like to say things or, or stuff maybe i don't, like you know i i do have like examples in my head obviously i'm not going to share them because that's, no, that's, that's you know um not constructive but um i've i've definitely done things and and thought i i did that because i thought i i couldn't be offensive like i because you know because i i don't feel that way or what have mm-hmm. you i mm-hmm. And these are not, like, major things. I'm not going around saying the N-word and stuff like that. Oh, my these goodness, are no, that... no way,
0: no way. Yeah. I, I just... Like I say, you're not someone who has these behaviours ingrained within you. Um, I don't think you are at all. I, I would never say that. I, mean, I think... Yeah, you're someone who... I think you're genuinely very sensitive and very aware and try to be the least offensive that you can be. Um, and that is good, like it's a tricky one to to toe the line on that because i mm. you know i respect that in you i think that's that's right but also like and don't don't let me take away from from what i've said about you here like of course that is how people should be that is the bare like that, that not oh it's the bare, bare minimum. minimum but like yeah you should be respectful you should be trying to understand why something you've said has upset someone else. You should always, always, always try and understand it so that you can try and avoid causing pain. We're not... We shouldn't be here to cause pain. You know, we shouldn't be doing that. So I respect the fact that that's happened, that Kat is not one of these people who is just digging themselves into a hole and going, well, they need to stop being offended. Um, You're actually doing you know, what I consider to be the right thing. Um, and I, I think the point is that there are not enough people doing that, you know? There are not enough people willing to continually grow and continually learn and adapt and change. There are people who kind of do a bit and then go, well, I've done it now, you know? I understand that I can't feel... go around and point at, at Black people and call them coloured anymore, you know? So that's fine. Yeah. We've made an advance in life. no. No, no. You did something and then you stopped because you thought that you'd crossed the line. You're like great job. You started walking. Continue. Don't just stop after a step and say, "Yeah, that's great. I've done a marathon or something."
1: Yeah. If that makes I sense. Like I feel like if you feel content like with like that you're you're not racist or you're not sexist and you've you've educated yourself, then you like you probably haven't. Yeah. You I think that's like not, I'm not. I'm not saying to people of color that they need to go educate themselves. I'm saying this to white people, you know. Like if you feel content and you've read a few articles, it's. And I'm talking to myself as well. Like it's not enough, and it, you know, that's it shouldn't be a depressing thing. Like you shouldn't, because I did get no. to the I did get to a point where I thought, okay, I'm trying to educate myself, but no matter what I do, it's not going to be enough. And then you sort of go in on yourself. You just think, oh, I should have started doing this when I was younger and, and all of that. It's like, just do as much as you can. And that is, you know, it, it it's going to help even if it just affects the world in a tiny way. Yeah. It's, if everyone does it, then... I, you know, yeah,
0: it is a lifelong thing. And it's not an issue that's just for one group of people. Let me, you know, that's... Again, this is going a bit wide in the music industry, but there's definitely oh, yeah. been an uptake and I was reading <laughs> about um a rise in in racism from black people towards Asian people.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's
0: now that a lot of the time is 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 not really focused on. But that's clearly not okay either. All types of racism are wrong. Okay? All types across the board. Um and so but again, it's all types of there's not just one type. We can't just focus on and say, hey, well this is good, you know, white and black people can coexist and so the world is solved. Um because that's not the end point. Um there's too much going on. And um it's actually another thing that I had written down. Honestly, I had so much written down. Another thing that my sister said. And it she's right. She's absolutely right. Um going back to the music industry, so K pop. And kind of K-pop and J-pop, say from Japan, and that kind of thing. It's obviously grown a lot in music. Okay, like I think, especially in our kind of awareness of it, in in a Western world, we've become more aware of K-pop, and we, you know, it's growing in popularity. Um, Yeah, but and you know, my sister raised the point, and I agree. I think there is a lot of snobbery um, because it doesn't. Conform to what we want or what we believe to be right. So, the only BTS song, BTS being a K pop band, that I've heard on like TV or like mainstream media is a song called Dynamite. Dynamite is the only song they've ever done which they sung completely in English.
1: Yeah, I knew you to say <laughs> that.
0: And it's hard to question, you know, you look into it and you're like, now is that because. They've conformed and they've sung in English and therefore we accept it. Um like what what is that all about? That's very strange. And it I was just reading the article just before I, I called you. Um so coldplay. coldplay BTS did a cover of fix <laughs> Oh, oh okay, it was relevant. It, I was. Thought it was absolutely <laughs> relevant. No, no, no.
1: I thought that just slipped out.
0: No, no. no. Coldplay. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> BTS did a cover of, of, of Coldplay and, and released uh, Fix You and um, I, I quite liked it I quite liked it, it was quite good um, and a German radio DJ spoke oh, about God. it and um, so he, this is from The Enemy and it's uh, I'm just gonna give you this quote from the article, whilst talking about the track he compared the group to the coronavirus saying he hopes a vaccine will be available soon for the band he continued to insist that he had nothing against South Korea and was not xenophobic because he has a car from South Korea. Um,
1: this cetera, is like trolling, et cetera, et cetera. right? This is this is him trolling. Not that that's not. I I refuse to accept that someone being genuine.
0: Um, he he says that it was um, you know, he was he was being he was exaggerating. He was being ironic and things. Um, oh. and he's a million miles away from it. But um, right. His reaction I, to it is very um interesting, and it, you know it's.
1: So there, it was videoed. It wasn't just um. This was on the radio. On, oh oh yeah. He said it's on the radio.
0: This wasn't mm-hmm. like our thing. He said it was on air. He was making these these comments and um. You know, I was like,
1: hoping it was just an interviewer like writing down what he said and it, it not translating. No, 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 but, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. There's no need to defend him. No, <laughs> no,
0: no, there's, there's, a, there's a video terrible. here as well. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's here. It's not it's not hidden. It's not hidden away. And, you know, initially, they said it had not been the DJ's intention to hurt the feelings of BTS fans. Uh, it, it had not been his well, what, intention to doing? hurt the feelings of BTS fans.
1: Gaslighting. That's completely
0: ignoring the issue. Okay, like, and it, it's an issue that I think to go like, wider than BTS, it, it's very strange how K pop is, is in, incredibly popular. Um, and I guess the, the kind of stereotypical demographic that we expect is teenage girls. Um, yeah. And I think in that sense, it's just kind of brushed off by um, the, uh, the, the elites of the music industry, if you want to put it that way. Because yeah. it's it's just one of those it's like a, a passing fad that teenage girls are are into, you know, like it's just one of those things that will pass. Let's not worry about that. Let's focus on our our boy bands over here. And it to springboard from that back into the the film music kind of thing. We spoke about it a bit before and I, I see it came up in the essay as well, about um the issue of the music which is nominated for these film awards is yeah it's the commonality that runs through it is that it it conforms to western ideals of what film music should be um and it, it, there was a quote in there from Rachel Portman um yep. directors tend to opt for composers who have done something really similar sounding before which immediately makes it very difficult to break in so if you don't conform to your Hans Zimmer's and and people like that, if you don't make a soundtrack which is very reminiscent of that and, and and that kind of thing, then you will struggle. Whereas if you can make something which is in that tradition of of you know, the Hollywood film music tradition, then you'll do well. But it's very therefore exclusive and restrictive to people who come in with a fresh idea or something. Um
1: Yeah, of course I think I put in the essay as well. I was just sort of scrolling about a Japanese composer. Um Sakamoto. Mhm. Uh-huh. Um is a Japanese composer, but he wrote in um like orchestral Hollywood style and it it just sort of it, it was it didn't that that's great, you know, like that he's he's won this award and everything, but it is almost like if he wrote using a Japanese style, would he have won that award? And I understand that it's Hollywood films, but it is also, like, Hollywood films are the biggest... One of the, like... One of the biggest... Um, the biggest films like, in the
0: world are Hollywood films.
1: Ex- exactly, yes. Yeah, so, um, they should be inclusive and we should have different cultures in there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just... um. God, my brain is, went like a million miles a minute there. Um, oh, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Um, I
1: hate that, That yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had so much, like, there on my mind. Um, so a big issue with, so the Marvel films or, like, superhero movies generally. I don't know, you, you will probably know about this. I, I learned about it from a, a really interesting video um, about how a lot of music... A lot of superhero films, you have the big, like, fight sequences and uh, they're choreographed to kind of fit with the music, right? Yeah. Like, you watch it and it's like, oh, yes, 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 and it, it matches up, it marries up. Yeah. Often the music for these films is written after the film has been filmed.
1: Yeah, um, so yeah, speak. yeah,
0: So to choreograph the fight sequences, they use music from a previous um, superhero film, a previous action film. The problem comes, then, when you write the music for the film, okay, so you're given the film and you're given, hey, here's the sequence, can you write me something for this? Um, and in that moment, it's very hard to write something which is not imitating or seriously influenced by the original piece of music used to choreograph the scene. Yeah. Because you're making it fit, right? Yeah, like...
1: So you're going to write in the You same made style. The, the
0: sequence fit the original piece of music and now the new piece of music needs to fit the sequence. Yeah. Which fit the... You know, so you have to repeat yourself. um. And it... You know, it, it's like what I was saying, my sister was saying, and I, I I agree with her. I can't tell you what the Avengers theme is. I've watched no. so many of the Avengers films, especially over the last few years. No. I would hear it and, and I'd go, oh yeah, that's the one. But it's so generic yes yes exactly it is um and it it kind of just it 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 links it all comes together it's that thing of these films are based on having music which sounds the same or similar to something that's come before and to do that you go to a composer who has written something that sounds like that before and you say hey you know that thing you wrote for whatever can you do that again for this one? Can you just write something similar? Just give me something similar like that. Okay, cool, fine. They do that. They produce it. It happens. They another film comes along. Hey, welcome back in. Um, do it again, but add something in there. Keep keep just keep writing the same thing again, again, again. Um which makes it very hard then. If you come in as, you know, as Katrina Preston, you're like, hey, I've got this idea, it's really cool. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really fit with what came before though, does it? it doesn't fit with our ideals it doesn't fit with the tradition therefore it's going to be difficult for you to succeed and therefore we're going to go back to the white guy who wrote the last 10 things because it's just it's just what we expect and so music loses that kind of real individual element and and new flavors which are, are key to music developing how music has always developed is someone just trying something and going hey what do you think of this and it Explodes.
1: It needs to be people who are working in A&R, who are working in management, who are, you know, the people who are suggesting composers, not as well as the composers, obviously, but it needs to be the the supporting force that are looking at world music, that are looking at racism and sexism, that are addressing these problems as well like it's not just about creating the music it's about how that music is distributed how that music is supported and I think you know as someone who wants to work in A&R like I feel like I could you know if I educate myself properly and continue to do so that that could make a difference even on a small scale I just it, it might mean that I look in different places to where I am told to look because that is what's the done thing and step outside the box. I did want to go back it was uh, you'd said it a few points ago but I wrote it down and oh. forgot to No 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 don't be sorry it's just I mean everything you've said's been I am really... I am
0: blabbering a lot as well I have to apologize for that. I
1: No but everything you're saying is it's like interesting and has a point to it so it's not bla- like it's not blathering. you're not saying anything useless um when you're talking about colorism and skin lightening yeah. cream it did it made me think of the whole fake tan situation and yeah. how it's sort of the opposite to that and you know it fake tan is accepted as a normal product and does that mean that skin lightening cream obviously when you say skin lighting cream my heart like drops i think oh my god that's awful but then i don't have the same reaction to fake tan i don't use fake tan and i don't totally understand it i don't get why people go oh i'm i'm horrible and pasty i need to use fake tan i it doesn't i I don't know people say it it looks healthier if you use it and stuff like that you just wanted to know your thoughts
0: i think it comes from the exotic I think could be my thinking and i i haven't researched it so this is purely from from my kind of inferences um i i think there's something exotic about the facts that um people from from Britain and you know the northern hemisphere are generally yeah. very they have lighter skin yeah <laughs> on the basis of it being a colder country you get less sunlight um you know, your your skin is is naturally somewhat lighter. My you know, even in the winter, my skin gets lighter, um, noticeably so. Um it's just the side effect of not not having as much sun. Um that's the way it is. And I think in that sense, it's seen as being the exotic, the kind of exciting, the strange, the unusual for people yeah. from these kind of areas to think, oh, I I'd love a bit skin that's a bit darker. You know, like a little bit more a little bit more caramel, a little bit more tanned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go for that, uh, like Mediterranean vibe of like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I think you know if you look back at at things, you, there's the um, what's the play? I'm thinking of Othello with Shakespeare. Um, it's set in Italy. Um, but the the kind of perfect dream, you know, the way a woman should be: pale skin, very Oil pale of... skin, very blonde hair. Um, I don't know. And, you know, in a lot of areas of the world, like India and parts of Africa, you obviously have to consider the facts that that's dealing with the hangover of of empire. And, you know, in South Africa, especially, apartheid. Um, Yeah. Of it being ingrained that in order to have certain rights, you effectively need to be white or paler-skinned. So I think there's something there about the exotic, the outside, about it's very it's like it's exciting because it's not the normal but also you don't want to go too far like there's no um it just you know people want to be a little bit more tanned and he gave another one a bit more of a tan to them and then people in my mom even my mom was telling when she was younger people in Kenya Kenya's obviously on the equator so you can get some some very dark-seen people yeah like, oh yeah lighten us okay? we need to lighten it. we need to lighten it. Um. It's very odd, it's like, it's not what you are, it's, it's this ideal. So I think it, it kind of comes from that, I would say.
1: And and do you think the skin lightening cream, it should be as accepted as fake tan?
0: I think then? the problem is, it. some of it can be quite damaging to your skin. And it,
1: that's the it, thing, it, it can be yeah. really
0: damaging to your skin. And I don't think that you need to chase the... You know, okay, it's a very different thing. There are people out there who... just they just want their skin to be lighter i guess um and you know if that's what you want in life then that's that's the choice you make um but i don't think you should chase it for an idea i don't i always think the fake tan thing is odd if i'm honest yeah i don't understand it because i you know obviously growing up in in the uk i've known plenty of of my female friends Talk about being a bit more tanned. They want to get a bit more tanned. They want to make their skin a bit darker, a bit too white, a bit too pasty. I'm like, it's yeah, just
1: pasty, your skin. It's just word, how you
0: it? are. Yeah. It is just the way you are. And it doesn't make a difference, you know? like.
1: And it's not a creative thing. It's not like, and this is my opinion, like, it's not like makeup where you you can experiment and be artistic with it. It's, yeah. just, it's just changing tone. To... I would, if, if you are a listener who uses fake tan, I I would be interested to know, like, why yeah, is it... Yeah, please it... don't
0: think I'm attacking you for it, because it's no. your choice to do it, and I, I fully respect that, and I can understand it. And
1: there is, you know, if people are using it, like, reasonably, where you're just, like, doing the equivalent to what you would have if you'd sat in the sun for an hour, mm. instead of, like, you know, actually changing race, um... You know, obviously, there's a lot... It's That's that's not very problematic. It's just more wanting, like... I think it's me, wrong wanna... that you
0: should have to... You should feel like you have to do that to succeed. You yeah,
1: know? I, that's what I want to understand is... I just, it was just something that caught my attention and I just thought it's sort of the... You know, it was just the opposite to fake tan and just sort of...
0: I'd love to come back to it in the future and look a bit more into it because I, I think it's yeah, really... Yeah,
1: done a bit of research on, interesting thing on it. Yeah.
0: There was something I I was thinking about as well. Um, When you were saying about AR and about um, needing to work harder to try and find people from kind of who are outside the Western pop music kind of bubble. Yeah. Um, And I was thinking about how lots of the TV shows that we watch and the movies we watch, the songs that are used in them are songs which are. Brought to them by, um, and I forget the the um the word for it. But from as I understand that, please correct me if I'm wrong. The industry themselves go, hey, look, here's this song. It would be really good. You should, you could use it in a movie. Hey, do yeah, it. use it yeah. in a movie. And uh, you know, like even songs played on the radio. I am fairly sure that like BBC Radio One, um, their like A list B list is selected with the industry there going hey what songs do we need to what
1: yeah songs do we it's from a
0: you. so it's very thought it's, out
1: and yeah. there's statistics like one of the jobs people probably don't even know about half the jobs that exist within the music industry mm-hmm. one of the jobs i'm interested in is a and r research mm-hmm. which literally means trolling through data and statistically finding it, there is a, a bad side to it because if you're choosing people based on statistics that you know that's bit problematic because does that mean they are musically talented xyz you are literally being a data analyst but it's an interesting role and i I don't think many people know that it exists no i don't um, think many
0: people realize a lot of these things behind the scenes
1: yeah and it is like there's a lot of mechanics that goes behind getting somebody to number one in the charts
0: mm. yeah i think um, yeah if you, if you in, it's to be maybe cynical, I think if the industry wants someone to be number one, they'll be number one.
1: It'll happen, yeah.
0: It, it, Good, you know, it,
1: well, they have industry plants as well, you know, where they
0: yeah.
1: have people who...
0: Yeah, you get have... radio shows on site, and radio isn't... A, it's not bad, by any means. People still listen to the radio, and it's still is like, where did you hear that song? Heard it on the radio. Heard it in a shop, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, it, it grows, and it gets in your mind. And I... Especially on TV shows. TV shows are well known for taking songs and making them huge, often. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like, oh my god, did you watch that episode of, you know, whatever? Did you hear that song in there? Um, And so, there's an element, I feel, of the music industry and of these people who propose the songs to be, um, to try and make sure that they offer... A diverse choice that they do, and don't. when
1: you use a song that's got a lot of context behind it, like you know, a song like "Fix You" for example, you could probably name ten films that it's been used in in a dramatic scene. Um, whereas if you choose something that is, um, you know, relatively unknown or a lot smaller scale, people are gonna then associate that song with that scene, and it's gonna be a lot more unique and interesting yeah. because it's. You, you lose that generic feel and that just because it, it cheapens it when you just use like all of the, the the common songs. It's like someone hasn't put a lot of thought into it, they've just gone, Yeah, that suits the mood. I like Ch- How t- to
0: Save a Life, you know. I like that oh, song, yeah. we love I don't want to hear anymore on TV. No, it's like something we both got in sick
1: of Paradise, yeah. yeah I don't want to hear yeah. all oh, the adverts, even and now... they've done it with. Bad guy. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Billie Eilish song. Bad guy is used on um one of the phone. Um, what yeah. Is it? Is it... It's
0: a no. Not a two. Um. Te-
1: teleco. No.
0: One of them. It definitely. is It definitely is.
1: Um. Let me. Bt bt bt
0: bt user
1: it is it is bt and they've just fucking ru- every time i'm like oh yeah ah, and it's really frustrating a good because song. it's a
0: good song it's a great song that's killed by people insisting well
1: and you know you're like, like if it. you gave that to an unknown like a, a you know a small artist it would do wonders for them you know it Hell might yeah. you know if if, if you already know that artist again, it will probably become annoying. But if you gave that opportunity to a smaller artist, you can literally change their lives. Over the so years, why, why you'd be you...
0: amazed how many songs I found through adverts. <laughs> to the point where... <laughs> <Shazam>. Advertising <clears throat> is kind of, you know... I'm susceptible to advertising the same way I've it. But, um, you know, often the products that's being advertised is, like, the last thing on my mind... What normally happens is I hear it and I think, that's a bot. So I pull up my phone to Shazam it. Shazam lets me down the first time. And then by the time it actually works, the advert's over. And then I will Google or YouTube the, the ad. Or, or the lyrics. Yeah, Sometimes you're like you
1: frantically.
0: Out, and it's like, uh, ooh, ah, uh, ooh, ah, uh, give me some of that. Ooh, ah. Uh, and like, you know, it doesn't do yeah. anything. And then you like YouTube the advert and you're like, You scroll down furiously, hoping that someone has said, "Hey, does anyone know what the song is?" And then they tell you, and you think, "Amazing! Um, I found so many songs through that, and so many artists through that. It's weird." Um, I remember IKEA had one a few years back. Um,
1: (laughs) Good old IKEA. A song
0: now. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of thing. So there is power in that. the The music industry it holds a lot of power in terms of what it can promote. through recommendations to advertising companies, and film distributors, and producers, and TV producers Um, and so it would be wrong to say that there's not an ability for them to change things a little bit to see someone like uh, Universal, or um, Warner, or you know one of the big labels um, I probably named, like, two of three major labels. but um, so to be
1: fair, there's only, like, four, like, it's... <laughs> <yeah>. it's, it's <laughs> even as I thought, I was like,
0: there the, are that many, and you've got... You've named a couple. Um they,
1: they basically have absorbed and absorbed, like, lots of the smaller labels as the years have gone on. So, originally, it was, like, you know, ten or something, and then it's mm-hmm. gradually ended up as being four. Yeah, but, yeah, image, just, just rag- the imprints. Rag- yeah, absolutely, but, like...
0: <laughs> It's that kind of thing. of They're absorbed, but a lot of them still exist within, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you like X Sony,
1: label, even
0: print of Universal Records, whatever. Um, And it's like, okay, great. So that particular sublet is going to try really hard to promote it. But then when they take up to the lads at Universal and put it on a desk and say, hey, we'd like to promote this song, that they don't brush it off a the table. They go, all right, give it a shot.
1: You think with TikTok, like they have these things where they um, they make a popular hashtag and they have recommended t- and that's literally how much they can change people's. You know,
0: it's not rare for a music career to be launched kind of through TikTok now. There's that Seven... guy who do you remember the the Sea Shanty guy? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his oh name. yeah,
1: wasn't he on the Brits?
0: Possibly was he on the Brits or Possibly. something. He was. I might like, have
1: didn't that. he do something with Jack Whitehall? Am I? I think mad? he
0: did. I think he did. He was a postman before he like wow. he was just like a postman up in Scotland and um you know he did the thing on TikTok and it, it went huge and now he's been signed by a record label and has left his job as a postman. He's sending this stuff and it's like funny on a second. In
1: 2020, 70 people were signed through solely through TikTok.
0: It's weird, it's growing, Isn't it's massive. It's crazy. And it's that thing of like discovery and just you know being able to just stumble across this thing and be like wow this is really good i can't there's a few people we've talked about in previous episodes um often women um who have kind of started succeeding as a result of of tiktok um so yeah i i just i just thought it was something interesting that the industry obviously has a lot of power to promote things and I, I, I think sorry. that would be really Please. useful. Sorry, yeah, no,
1: that was it. A... No, no, no. Sorry, I went to start speaking. I thought you'd finished, and then I, I was just tailing off. And I was like, sorry. I was just gonna say, I, I realized when you were saying that I have um a play that that playlist that I made, and it's yes, um it it's specifically TikTok. I haven't added to it in ages. So maybe I'll add some of the people I've found more recently. But it's specifically people who are like unsigned TikTokers, oh. singer songwriters, and stuff. Maybe we could add that to the. Um,
0: that would uh, be good, yeah. We World could share it this podcast. week. And, like, yeah. Um, enterprise, cause it, and really they nice. are
1: mostly females, so.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. helpful. There was something I also wanted to, you know, I, again, it's one of those moments where it. it Potentially seems a bit heavy, and people will be like, yeah. "Why, are you, why are you bringing this up this late into the podcast?" But let's. I was thinking about how many female artists I've heard over the last couple of years, especially with the Me Too movement, who you hear the same kind of stories. You know. Yeah. So, for example, there was Kesha with Doctor Luke, and you know, there's a quote where she said she was sexually, physically, verbally, and emotionally abused. Uh, Lady Gaga, who said she yeah, was Lady sexually Gaga assaulted is... by oh. a music producer. Uh, there's Taylor Swift, who was groped by a DJ. There's Lily Allen, who was sexually assaulted. And even when you go outside of the sexual assault issues, it's the, the power dynamics that exist. So Hayley Williams from Paramore, she said about how she, even though she's been lucky not to have um, kind of issues of sexual assault or sexual abuse, she has faced issues when it comes to power dynamics and kind of being a female in music, facing these kind of issues from, like, managers and things and and record label executives who are often men. Um, Taylor Swift is a really good example as well.
1: Oh, brilliant. With the issue of Scooter Braun
0: and that kind of... the power that he had over her and continues to have over her. Um, And, you know, is is quite happy to sit with that unequal power dynamic um Dua Lipa as well was explaining how she felt that for a male artist it's just assumed that men write their own songs whereas for females oh. it's assumed that it was m- given man to, is
1: writing this song yeah for you know
0: it, it, it was just it was like oh hey here you go, we got this thing even um London Grammar uh Hannah Reid, the front woman um an us ask it's like Men that I didn't know would watch a performance and then come up to me afterwards and say I didn't like what I was wearing. They didn't like what I was wearing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine that happening to Chris Martin.
1: No. Um, oh, sorry, you're wearing some jeans and a t-shirt. You know, oh, um, yeah, like, Chris Martin yeah. is out
0: there wearing some strange-ass outfits sometimes. But no one is like, no one goes after him in the same way that, you know, like, so people look at <laughs> Hannah Reid and everyone Oh my, why did you wear that jacket? That shade of red looks ugly on you, like yeah, it's so weird. And you know, it's again, it's like the men that I didn't know. Um, it it's concerning how often you can read the same story with a different name, and that is yeah. concerning. Doesn't do it justice. It's distressing and horrible and upsetting and heartbreaking that I've been able to. You know, like <laughs> I wrote down a little list here of of the artists and just like their quotes and things. It's. It's vile, and it happens at every level, from at the very beginning of people's careers. Like, there's the idea that they have to, for women especially, like, you know, like, they have to have sex with these executives or be exploited by them in order to launch their careers. Yeah. um, Or anything like that, and it's like, that happened and is happening. It's not stopped. It's not old news. It's ongoing. Um There's also a issue. lot of
1: grooming as well. It's not yes. just adults. Yeah. It's it's young teenagers who yeah. are told you can make it. Um and then are left either being pressured into sexual situations or you know, I being sort of it doesn't even need to be sexual, it's just this power dynamic of, course, of, of course. Um I was gonna say I have watched I think two or three documentaries on sexual assault within the music industry that were really good. There was one on BBC and one I found on YouTube, and I'll send them to you. Mm-hmm. A lot of the cases were anonymous,
0: but Do you remember still... the names of the documentaries?
1: Unfortunately not. Um, That's okay, we'll so I was just trying we'll to. Share. I was trying to go through my, like, search history. I'll, I'll find it, because I don't want to just sit here typing and trying to get no, no, it up. No, so no, no. We'll, yeah. um, so I'll, I'll find them, but those... There was one girl who was um, chased to her car and after she said no to sleeping with this guy, there was um, this one guy exposed himself. These, oh, for um, fuck's
0: sake.
1: To uh, female, black female um, producers. And I was like, brilliant. Oh, yes, great to great to hear her, um, about these women succeeding. And, and they were saying about this guy just getting his... Dick out in, in the middle of What the... is
0: that? Why? Why would you even...
1: I d- yeah, I don't even know if there was any lead-up to it. He just exposed himself to them. They're just like, what?
0: Jesus Christ. I don't know what these people expect to achieve beyond the fact that, as we've said, it's the power dynamic there, you know?
1: I think, yeah, and I think that case made me so angry because I thought... You've literally got the, the these these women have got through so much to be in the position they are yeah and you' you you could have potentially put them off pursuing their dreams because then then be scared to be uh, around men in a close environment because that's the thing when you're a producer, you are working with like random people in a close proximity, and if you don't feel safe due to your gender or you know it's not it's not a nice
0: thing to go through something that you know to to a positive kind of thing in there sorry Um, yeah
1: i just (laughs) went down negative oh i mean
0: this i don't want to be unnecessary like there's a lot of shit going on and i would rather be honest about it rather than just be like it's all gonna be fine like of course. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, but something that I really like, and I've noticed it in our playlist that we've it <laughs> sounds so much like we're doing great. No, like no,
1: we, we've
0: got like our playlist but... really I really like that we there's been a lot of female artists that we found for it who are at the same kind of point of just starting to make it in their career, you know. And yeah. through different means so the tiktoks and and things like that like they're doing well and they're confident in themselves and they're they're confident in their ability to succeed and and that's good and it works as a really good role model kind of thing the yeah. more strong women that are out there and the more strong people of color they're out there it's like a really positive thing to see that role model so i think someone like um theresa jarvis from yonaka
1: uh, oh she did a, she, she's an yeah. incredible
0: role model i think i think she's an incredible role model for the young girls for women for even people with mental health issues
1: she's just done a new article i don't know if you Heshing. saw about anxiety and panic attacks and performing that's yeah, one to be shared
0: that. yeah um she yeah great role model absolutely brilliant um Stormzy. I love her so much Stormzy is someone who I think is an incredible um role model I think he's such
1: a nice guy like he he's just seems like
0: a brilliant guy nicest guy The things he does like he's not just doing well but he's trying to help other people he's trying to do things to stand out as a role model to help other people get to that position um I think there's a new artist I hadn't really been aware of before but uh again my my sister's just incredible like <laughs> shout out to my sister she just helps switch me on to so much stuff um I don't know if you've heard of Rina Sa- Sawayama um there was a big thing about her because sure. she has lived in the UK since she was 5 she's 30 now so she lived in the UK for 25 years originally from Japan um but she was actually excluded from the Brit Awards and another uh, British award because she didn't have British citizenship. So she's lived here for twenty-five years and she has a visa of um it's called indefinite leave to remain. So she she has the right to stay here permanently and, and work here and everything. Um but she wasn't she wasn't considered eligible because she didn't have citizenship. So she wasn't British in that sense, even though she's been here for the vast majority of her life studied at Cambridge, doing things at Oxford, like, speaks really good what? English. Um, it's like, fucking. Okay, I mean, it, it was so big that it actually forced the BPI, um, the British Phonographic Association, to, um, no, industry, no, oh, I've got some institute maybe, um, force them to look at it and review their things and they've now changed the rules for their, for their awards to include people who have the right to stay, and live, and work in the UK um, it's- and she kind of highlighted this issue and has again acted as a role model to show other people that it's possible to do it it's possible to succeed, it's possible to change things of course, yeah and I think there are so many of these- these positive figures in- in Music and Women who are changing the conversation and changing- they're doing really good things, you know? Um, And I think that's something that's really beautiful to see, and I love it, and I hope it doesn't stop. I hope this is the beginning of more and more like a virtuous kind of cycle of being able to, to get these people to feel that they can do it, to give them the means to get them into the industry, and from there, you know, to hopefully begin to change the issue of, going back to your essay, of composers being the same old white men for every film. You know, to give these people the platform to show that they can do it to show that they can succeed to be given the opportunity to write for films and to change it and I'm not naive enough to think that that will happen tomorrow or next week or next year I'm fully aware that it's going to take a long, 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 long time but it feels like there is a drive for it to happen and that people are taking it seriously
1: I'm shocked. I just searched... Um, I thought I'd just search her up so I can have her um, have, like, a look after the pod- podcast and check her music out and stuff. And I just saw that it said she'd lived in the UK for 25 years. Yeah,
0: yeah. She's lived here since 95. She moved here when she was... Fi- she was born in Japan, but has lived here since she was, she was five. And, like...
1: That's disgusting. Like, that's so...
0: And, again, you know, okay, so she hasn't formally applied for British citizenship, but you know, it, she, British as any of us really, like, you know, like, I just, yeah. She, she doesn't have the passport, perhaps, but she does have the right to be here and the right to stay here and the right to work here and the right for everything else, so, you know, and I, she's, she's done some great music, definitely worth checking out, um, yeah, it's, it's just crazy, right, like,
1: yeah, it, it honestly is. It's just my, like, especially if you think about it in a very sort of, um, I don't know, like, childlike way. If you think the the world is a big plot of land uh-huh. and because you were born in a certain place, you feel like you have the right to X amount of land around uh-huh. that area. And people who are born in a different sort of land, they then have either no right to come into your land or they tell you that you can't come into their land like it just is it's so
0: I just think it's strange you know it's like in many ways the music industry reflects the struggles we face in society generally
1: yeah um, we have obviously gone through a, a few more broad topics but it was gonna happen let's oh be real God,
0: it was us it was always gonna happen um and the thing is I don't think you can talk about it in isolation because it it is a reflection of what's happening outside the industry as well it all, you know, like the focus on mental health, the focus on uh, an increase in figures like Stormzy and Rina Sarayama and K-pop bands and everything else. Um, it reflects the kind of changing world in which we live. Um, yeah. But also, it's a problem, you know, and.
1: It's just about you know the awareness of situations. If you yeah. think, if you think, okay, I'm I'm on a tour. And oh, like so, like say I'm a a white bloke. Like oh, I notice that there's one female. Oh, maybe I should look out for her a little bit and make sure that you know the others aren't making like sexualized jokes or making her feel uncomfortable or uh, or getting undressed in front of her. Or, you that's know, a like... huge
0: thing, actually. That's a huge. Yeah, if you're someone who thinks that that's, if you're someone who is clearly got enough issues to believe that exposing yourself in front of a woman um just generally is okay or you know people who do it and you're not calling them out on it we you need to seriously have a lot of introspection a lot of look at at that because it's just not all right it's not okay so even
1: if you say oh well I' do it in front of a guy so therefore it's okay because I'm treating her equally Don't. That's, don't not, do it in front of a guy. You've got to see that it's. Yeah, don't do it in front of a guy. Don't do it in front it's, of
0: anyone. Like
1: You've got to think about how it can be threatening. It's a bit like when we were discussing women's safety and stuff. Yeah. You've got to think about. You've got to recognise your privilege. Absolutely. And then think about somebody who doesn't have that privilege, how they might feel from what you are doing.
0: And something on the back of that as well is that don't jump to the fence um yeah. privilege is seen as this thing at the moment where um, it's, as, yeah, the most things down, um like, it's seen as something that people have to defend themselves against you know like oh, I don't have white privilege it's like, look it's not like we're saying you've done something wrong you know we all have different privileges depending on so many Completely. intersectional kind of things you know there's there's privileges I have as a man um there's some privileges that cat has being a white person um and a white woman that maybe a black woman would you know it it's a very very complex thing um but i think the one overarching thing always is don't get defensive and think that you're an angel a saint and that you're doing the right thing and the world has just changed around you and the world will come back to your way of thinking yeah. You have to always be open-minded and willing to accept that maybe you're wrong. Yeah. Maybe you're I... wrong. Maybe you're outdated. Maybe what you're saying has always been offensive, but now people are actually feeling confident enough to tell you it's offensive.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I The other day I was on a dog walk and it was raining and it was all a bit horrible and I went by myself, I had the two dogs, and it's just... I decided not to listen to music and just sort of, you know, be with my thoughts um, a bit. And I thought, you know, I had a pretty shitty childhood. (laughs) Yeah. And, and And I was thinking about the fact that even though I had some shitty things go on, that I still had a tremendous amount of privilege and that you can... Like, I'm sure I've done it where I thought, like, I oh, yeah, well, I had a shit childhood, so, like, you know, I, I, I don't have privilege because, you know, because of that. um Like, when I was a kid or what have you. And then I just thought, but even then, there, there could have been so much more that I would have had to overcome if I was a different race or if, you know, like, if I had a... Um, a, a really, like, chronic, like, disability or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. There, I've got a recognize you know you can you can have um not turmoil what's the word i'm thinking of like you can have hardship like trauma and things yeah, yeah and you can still have privilege of alongside course. that so of i don't know obviously i you know both of us are still learning about things um
0: and always will be
1: and always will be yeah i think maybe just thinking about what privilege you have mm. could be can can be helpful I just wanted to say quickly. It reminded me. of, oh, was it her festival? I'm trying to think. Um, I can't remember if I told you about this. How I wanted to create in my lifetime an all female lineup festival, like a you know, music festival where at least um, one of the members were either female or non binary, as a way of just trying to boost things.
0: I do. I remember you telling me. I do. Um, it's I remember you doing something a little thing. while back where you made the like um, the
1: poster.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The poster that was a really great thing to see. I love. Well, that. some
1: wonderful shits. I'm calling them wonderful shits. They have stolen, might no They have, they probably had their own idea. I mean, it wasn't the most original idea, but um, they're actually making it happen. Um, I think in Liverpool.
0: Brilliant, brilliant.
1: And I was part of me was like. I wanted to be the pioneer, but at the same time, I'm just so happy it's happening. It's brilliant. Um, and
0: you look down the list, like, I looked down that post, and I was like, yep, know them, know them, know them. And it's like, you, you're like, yes, all of these people deserve to be on a, a festival a festival lineup." Like, no one has got there just because they're a woman. Like, they're all thoroughly deserving if that was to happen. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not like you're saying we're going to cancel Glastonbury. Um, and, no. and cancel all these other festivals We're not saying that male artists now have to go and sit in the bin for 20 years Because they're, they're men and they can't get these opportunities We're saying, create more opportunities It's a very different thing It's not taking away, it's creating more And that's, yeah. how is that a bad thing, you know?
1: Yeah, It's it's just, yeah It's absolutely... Crazy. I mean, sorry. I was just searching up to make sure I got the right <laughs> name. It's Hi- it's Hear Her Festival. Okay. And yes. they actually um, work with the PRS Foundation. So
0: there you go. There, there you we go. go.
1: Should is should we? I mean, there's obviously we could go on and on and on, but um, I feel like we've said some some key points. And yeah, respect, I've I've really um.
0: I always find it weird when I say, like, I've really enjoyed this. Um, No, I have. I feel like, but I have. Empowered. I have. And I feel like within our ramble and our, you know, my just babbling on about things, I think there are some some really interesting. And I'd love to hear what people think about it, actually. Um, You know, are you as optimistic as us? Do you think that this is something that we can see in our lifetime? Um, you know, things like that, I'd love to know. But, um, I've really enjoyed it. And I, it, it makes me feel it's empowered is the word, because even though I, you know, you become more aware of things that are wrong, you also, it feels like there are ways to start remedying that. And that's yeah. good.
1: If you guys, you know, have ideas, um, or, you know, music you want us to support, yeah. anything like that. Please contact us, like our DMs. You know, we check them regularly. Absolutely. Um, and also, like to our friends, feel free to pull us up if if oh we ever, God, of course, if we ever saying something that you know is upsetting you or you you think, hang on a minute, like because the thing is, we want to be good people. We want of to Of course, be. I do.
0: Yeah, I don't want and, to hurt anyone. Uh,
1: no, so if you if you think, hang on a minute, like please just let us know. We wanna we wanna we'll learn.
0: Say. And yeah, if yeah, if you got any um ideas of things that we can discuss in the future as well, um both in our chat shit episodes and our you know Serious real talk chats episodes. As
1: well. Real there talk. There are like Throw
0: There are way. because I I think, it, yeah, it's always interesting to. If there, I mean, it's not like. We, we at any given moment I can think of several things I'd love to have a real talk about. Um but
1: yeah <laughs>
0: I'd love to hear your things to... as well because let's be honest, I am shaped by my own experiences and there are things that I don't know about, obviously. So yeah, let us know.
1: Thank you guys. Thank
0: you for listening. We We love, love you. you. We do we do. <laughs> Thank you for getting us to fifty subscribers and Woo! continuing to stand by us despite whatever crazy thing we produce or don't produce depending on the week (laughs) thank Thank you for standing by us
1: surviving for 15 episodes we love you we do goodbye